You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. Fair warning, today's episode of Thrive may inspire a decluttering, cleaning, and or organizing spree. It's been a long time coming to get my girlfriend Callie on Thrive, but this episode was well worth the wait. Callie is a decluttering queen and has loads of realistic tips and tricks up her sleeve to make real impact in getting and keeping a tidier, more organized space. If you're already sitting there thinking, but I have kids and pets, a small house, no worries. Callie is best known for her relatable advice. So if your home looks like people, you know, live there and not like the inside of a home decor magazine from your Instagram feed, you're in the right place. Today, you'll take away tips for tidying up fast, decluttering efficiently, and organizing without buying out the container store. You'll also learn a few ways to get your kids involved and mistakes to stop making to instantly look tidier and feel better. Stay tuned through this episode. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome, Callie. Yay, thank you so much for having me. Yay, we said it's about damn time you've been on Thrive. (laughs) We've been friends for such a long time and we just realized, like, wait a minute, you haven't been on Thrive yet. This is kind of a problem because you have a totally perfect topic that we haven't even shared on the podcast ever. So this is going to be a really fun conversation for everybody and super helpful and super practical. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, obviously, it's one of my favorite things to chat about. So I'm excited you haven't had anyone talk about this kind of stuff before. I know it was truly a light bulb moment when we were talking about it, where I was like, wait a minute, this is very (laughs) relevant to thriving and has never been in a hundred something episodes. We've never talked about it. So before we dive into all of that, give everyone the lowdown on who you are um, and the little, a little bit about like how much you share on this topic, because it's kind of your jam and you're really freaking good at it. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I, Okay. So I'm a YouTuber. I'm a blogger. I share about productivity and organization and the way that it all came to be is because I have not always been a productive or organized person. Um, I like to say I'm sort of like a reformed messy person. I used to be like a total mess. Um, like I needed at least 24 hour notice before somebody came to my house. It was just, it was like a problem. And I always convinced myself it was just because I didn't have time to take care of it. Like, I just like, I was too busy. I couldn't do it. Um, and then I had a child and suddenly I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like this is not sustainable. Um, and so I just like slowly, it's been like probably the last five years. I just slowly have been teaching myself like little tips and tricks and habits and adopting things to like make myself into a more organized like productive type of person so that I feel like I have some sort of control over like the general 
the general flow of my house, if you will. Um, and I feel really passionate about it because it's something that like I've changed in my own life and how like it's all just rippled into making my life so much more easier, so much more easier. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's why I love to share this stuff. I love to share it in just a way that's super realistic. I'm not somebody who's just like naturally organized. My house doesn't look like perfect home edit all the time. Um, but it's, uh, very efficient and it works really well. And, um, yeah, I mean, I sound, I always hate like using like changed my life, but like, it really has these like habits have really changed my life. And I know that it's something that's so doable because if I could do it, it's like one of those, if I could do it, I know other people can do it. Which is awesome because it's so much more relatable that way, because I'm sure we all can relate to scrolling on Instagram or on Pinterest and seeing these gorgeous, like multi-million dollar mansions with people with seven kids and you're like, wait, but do your kids have toys? Like where, where are they? Where, where's the mess? Where's the dirt? You have pets and children and a whole circus and it doesn't look like anybody actually lives there. So I yes. think it's really cool to be able to see spaces that reflect what you have inside your own home too. And you're like, wait a minute, like you said, if you could do it, maybe there's hope for all of us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I love those like beautiful accounts too. I mean, there's certainly there's some inspiration to be found there. For but sure. it's not, um, it's not what every day is. And I think it's what has created a, this idea for a lot of us where we're just like, oh, well, we're just not, I'm not clean. I'm not organized. Cause my house doesn't look like that. Um, but that is not the normal standard of living. That is, you know, Instagram, right. That's, that's curated photos for sure. And since you said you taught yourself a lot of this, what were like, did you have favorite resources or books or YouTube videos or people, anything that you kind of looked to for inspiration yourself, or were you kind of more of like a trial by error, baptism by fire, kind of figuring it out as you went? I was definitely a trial by error. I think a lot of what helped me learn, um, the process was just like doing one little thing. Um, like I always talk about, about my dirty kitchen sink rule. So when I like first started trying to, to learn how to be more tidy, I was like, the one thing that just like irked me so bad was waking up in the morning and coming down to like dirty kitchen, dirty sinks, dirty stuff in my sink. And I was, you know, it's like the worst way to start the day. I'm somebody who likes to have coffee right away. And I'm like, I don't want to look at dirty dishes in my sink. Um, and so that was sort of the first thing I did. I was like, you know what? Every night, like, I don't care how tired you are. Like, you're not making excuses. You are going to clean out your sink before you go to bed every night. Um, and I would come down in the morning and I would have this like nice clean sink and I'd have my coffee and I didn't have to worry about it. And that was like the first sort of like trigger to me. I was like, it was this little thing. It's this little thing I'm doing every night. And like, what a big difference it has made to, now to my morning. Now my morning just feels better. I feel more, you know, I'm not like starting my morning feeling overwhelmed and like in distress. I'm like coming down to this sort of more calm space. Um, so it was first like learning just that, like what a small little tweak can have such a big impact. Um, and then, you know, obviously I've gone into like all the, the books that people love, like atomic habits and, you know, the art of creating habits and all of those sort of books. And I love that kind of stuff. I have read a stupid amount of books about like brain science. My husband always makes fun of me because he's like, don't most women have like, you know, romance novels on their nightstand. Mine's like literally like articles where somebody was studying like the, the brain development of rats, <laughs> like during forming habits and like all this weird stuff. Um, so I don't think most people need to do, need to do that, but, um, it was really just, just thinking about how such a small habit can make such a big difference. 
Um, and then, yeah, I did, I did a deep dive into to habit building and, and brain science and all of that, but. Well, it makes sense too, though, because I feel like so much of what we surround ourselves with in so many different senses is what's key from going, to, going from surviving to thriving. It's really this like holistic approach. And I know for me personally, the more chaotic my space is, the more chaotic my brain is or vice versa. It's like this, it's like they mirror each other. So if you see a circus happening around you, what's your first step to address it? Okay. So yes, it's always going to happen. There's always going to be, you know, just like hot mess is going to happen. Like both my, my children are home and there's just like tornado everywhere. So my first step that I always say, like my best tip is like, start with your flat surfaces. Cause it's really easy to hyper-focus on like the spilt milk over here. And then there's like a mess of crumbs over here and that sort of stuff. Always start with flat surfaces. So I'm talking about countertops, uh, tables, that sort of stuff clear off the clutter on the flat surfaces, because to me, that's one of the things that it's like, uh, it makes the most impact, but doesn't necessarily take the most time. Like if you look at your entire space and you list out all the things you're going to have to do to clean that space, maybe you have a list of like 20 things, but you can do one or two of those things, maybe clearing off the flat surfaces and throwing away the trash. That's going to give you 70% of the impact. Um, so I always look for those things that are getting me the big, the biggest impact and flat surfaces are a huge one for me. I've sort of gotten to the habit as you focus on flat surfaces where you kind of just like always constantly looking at them and keeping those things cleared. Um, because then even if there's like, you know, dried up fruit, fruit roll up on the floor or whatever, like the, the counters are clear. You have that feeling, like you said, when there's clutter in your space, it, it impacts your mind. It does. Um, all of that goes into your brain. It's like the visual clutter is creating clutter in your own brain as well. It's making people more likely to procrastinate. Um, clutter is literally linked to like poor sleep because it's all to us when we see stuff, whether we realize it or not, it's this like, um, unwritten to-do list, everything that's like left out, it's saying stuff to us, whether we know it or not, it's saying like, Hey, this needs to go in the mail. Hey, you forgot to hang up this picture that you have sitting there. Hey, you have to send this to your kid's school or whatever. So it's all like telling you stuff that you don't even realize. And it's adding all of this like anxiety and stress to your life without you even realizing it just by having it out. That's such a good point. And I love that you mentioned that it's subconscious too, because I caught myself doing this not too long ago where I was looking at the same freaking pile for, I don't know, it might've been a week. And I caught myself shaming myself as I walked past it. And then I realized like, oh my goodness, I wonder if every single time I walk past this, I am having this subconscious thought where I'm like, man, Erica, why can't you get it together and just put it away already? So if you think about the snowball effect that that can have, if you're doing this on multiple surfaces or multiple areas day after day, it can literally be impacting your self-esteem. Like it has, it has this like weirdly deep effect. And you also just feel better when it's actually tackled and taken care of and put away in the first place. Yes. I love one of my favorite YouTube accounts is Dawn from the minimal mom. She's so sweet. And one thing she talks about is how our stuff is always talking to us. Like she always talks about like, what is your stuff saying? Um, and once you start to kind of think about your stuff that way, you will realize that like all of this stuff is saying stuff to you, like literally everything, um, like stuff in your pantry can be like, Hey, you bought this cause it's on sale and it's been six months and you haven't used it. Or, Hey, you have this whatever sweatshirt that you keep keeping that you don't fit into, or you don't even really like, but you're holding on to it for whatever reason. Um, and when you start to look at your stuff that way, I feel like it helps you kind of like 
step back from it a little bit um, and tackle it in like a less, um, I don't know exactly the word that I'm looking for, but it helps you like tackle it in a more effective way, if you will, when you can set it so, sort of say like, it's saying this stuff to me, you know what I mean? Like I'm stuck with, with like all of this, this like words being thrown at me by stuff that's just sitting around. Well, I feel like it lets you look at it a little more objectively where you can yes. kind of analyze the emotional attachment that you might have to something and kind of take that bird's eye view, look at it and assess yourself and be like, how am I connecting to this? Yes. And then you can kind of sever, start to sever like some sort of emotional tie or subconscious tie or whatever, and look at it. And then suddenly you might be able to make peace with parting with something that you've had for years and you didn't even realize why you were holding onto it in the first place. Yeah. I think it's super empowering when you have yeah. something and then you can finally let yourself let go of it for whatever reason. Cause you're like, Hey, I don't need this piece. Like saying this stuff to me all the time or adding to my anxiety or whatever. Like, why do I even have this? Yeah. For sure. That's so real. I love that we're keeping this very real too, because we can all relate to having small spaces or having small humans, like we said, or having <laughs> animals cohabitating with us and causing a ruckus. So for small spaces specifically, give us some of your top tips for maintaining that sense of tidy, especially if, or when it feels like you have more things than you have space for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've always lived in like what people would consider smaller houses. Our house right now is 1100 square feet. Um, my husband and I both work from home full time. We have two small children. Um, so some people that's considered so tiny, some people it's like, it's normal. It is what it is. Um, before this, we lived in even a, a smaller space. So I personally like living in smaller spaces because I think it forces you to stay in check with your stuff so much more. And I think that's the number one tip when it comes to living in a small space, especially if you have that feeling of I have more than I need um, or I have more stuff than I have space for. Um, you have to get a lot more selective with your stuff. Um, and that can be a really hard process. And I always remind people like, as you're learning to maybe have a little bit less, it doesn't happen right away. I think lots of times we see like this, like minimalism stuff. And I don't consider myself a minimalism minimalist by any means, but we see that and we think it's just like one big time thing. And then they don't have stuff anymore. And that is not how it happens because stuff is always going to be coming into your house. It's always going to. So it's just learning about how to sort of, like we said before, constantly be asking yourself questions about the stuff that is in your home. Like if it's really there and it's providing value, one analogy I love to use is to look at your stuff like an employee. Okay. So if you have an employee, you're paying your employee money to provide a service for you. And you're providing there, they should be providing enough of a service that's worth the money that you're paying them. And so I look at my stuff the same way because everything that's in my home is taking up space. I have to manage it. I have to inventory it. I need to know where it is if I ever want to use it. Right. So it needs to provide similar values. So say I have some toys in my kid's little toy corner, um, a toy like magnet tiles that my kids play with every friggin' day, right? All of the time, take two seconds to clean up are really easy to store. Like that's a valuable employee, but I have a little set of maybe some like stacking cubes or something that they never play with. They just pour all over the floor. It takes forever to clean up. I find them everywhere. Like that's not a valuable employee, right? It's like not worth the money that I'm paying essentially the space they're taking up and the time it takes for me to manage them. Um, so definitely in small spaces, it's just about getting really smart about the stuff you have and like really getting honest about what you actually need. Um, and that feels, 
I think really empowering when you really are just sort of cutting it down to like the most important stuff. And this doesn't mean being a minimalist, like you can still have a lot of stuff. It's just about having the stuff that's most, more, most important. And then getting into some type of habit where you are constantly making sure you're checking in on your stuff. Cause like I said, stuff is always coming in. Um, so stuff should kind of always be working its way out as well. I know you're also a fan of like the 10 second tidies, which I, or not 10 second, 10, 10 minute. Um, <laughs> if only it took 10 seconds. Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> but like the 10 minute tidies and just kind of quick assessments and decluttering things like that. So besides the employee analogy, which I love, what's your favorite process for if you literally have like, you're in your 10, you're in your 10 minute tidy, you want to kind of get rid of a few things fast. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that you recommend doing that for people just for something that is quick, but maybe not also like super random where you're just like grabbing random things from here or there? Yeah. I always um, talk about if you're looking at sort of like decluttering or organizing, um, I have like a home reset challenge that I have done on my YouTube channel, which has a couple little like steps. And one of them is that basically every day you do a 10 minute declutter, you set a 10 minute alarm and you're decluttering a small space. So instead of it, like you said, you're sort of like going around aimlessly, like trying to get rid of stuff. You're just hyper-focusing on a single location. So it's the junk drawer, it's the laundry pile, it's the whatever you're picking a single area, you're setting alarm for 10 minutes. Um, when the 10 minutes goes off, you're done. And usually you find that you can do it in that 10 minutes. I think that's one of the like most helpful things about those 10 minute tidies is like, you're always amazed how much you actually can do in 10 minutes, like this, like project you've been avoiding forever. You're like, Oh, like that took me nine and a half minutes. That was so much faster. Um, so I love that. Like take 10 minutes. If you're doing the 10 minute tidy, I do that at my kids nap and I do it after bed too. um, add a 10 minute declutter. So wherever you want to add it in, make it five minutes. If 10 minutes is too much, like whatever is manageable to you that you know that you'll do and hyper-focus on a single location instead of something large. So make it smaller. I love that setting a timer is involved because it forces you to start. And this is something that you and I literally shared this on our chat, on our respective platforms, I think the same week. And I noticed it after I published mine, I found yours. I'm like, man, Kelly and I are always on the exact same page (laughs) with everything where we were talking about just the, what it actually takes to get and stay motivated and how oftentimes it's literally just, you have to just actually start something. You have to get that momentum and that is what keeps you motivated. So I love that tip too, because if you're starting a timer, it forces you to actually just start and do something. You don't have the opportunity to just sit there and go, oh, I don't really feel like it. I'm tired. I I'm like waiting for divine inspiration to like get my butt off the couch. Like it really just forces you to get up and just do it. And then by yeah. the time you start, like you said, 10 minutes is going to fly by and you will probably be shocked at the amount of progress that you can make in such a small period of time. Yeah. I mean, the hard truth is right. Like you're never gonna feel like it. Like you and I know this, right. There's that nobody deep, like when there's a task you want to do that is boring or inconvenient or like whatever, nobody defaults to like, yeah, I want to do this. Like nobody (laughs) does. You don't, your body does not default to that your body defaults to no, I don't want to. So I think lots of times I, when I'm like, sort of like looking in at some, I need to do a tidy or whatever. I'm like, Callie, you're never going to feel like doing it. So just like, do it, do it now. You're not going to in 10 minutes, all of a sudden have inspiration or later tonight when your kids, you just put the kids to bed. Like, no, you're not going to feel like doing it then. You know what I mean? Do it now. And you will be so glad that you did later because it's taken care of. 
Exactly. Oh my goodness. So once you've decluttered everything and now people are thinking about, all right, how do I organize what's left and make it nice and pretty and all of that jazz. I know I personally have been victimized by the container store and I'm sure everybody (laughs) has and other like cute organizational TikToks and Pinterest and all of that jazz. But I also feel like if you're somebody who ends up collecting things and collecting clutter, it can be easy to collect clutter of things that are meant to make you less have less clutter. So um, do you have any favorite tools or types of containers or things that you've actually found are like actually worth the money, worth, save your space, are effective, and are not just something that's going to just kind of like add to the amount of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I know this one is hard because it's like, you need stuff to contain your stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you're like, is one more plastic container going to make me organized? Um, so I have found through, through a lot of trial and trial and error, trying to get organized that it really comes down to just buying, being really smart about buying the right pieces. So you're not like in target shopping around and you're like, Oh, look at this cute storage bin. I'll bring it home to store something like that is not how you do it. It is that you have a drawer you need to organize. You're going to measure that drawer. You're going to identify what needs to go in that drawer. And then you're going to buy pieces that are going to fit the best that you can in those, in those spaces. So, um, a few products that I love a, a product that I'm actually creating a reel about this. Cause I feel like nobody talks about these are drawer dividers. I'm sure you've seen these people put them in dressers. I use them like all over my kitchen. They're basically like, um, spring form, like long pieces. And you use them to like divide up a drawer. I love these because unlike the plastic bins, you can just create it exactly how you want. You're not wasting any space. Um, and they're one of those things that just help keep a space contained. So I use them in all of our dressers so that you can organize. I have short sleeve shirts, long sleeve shirts, sweatshirts. I use them in the pantry, which sometimes you're just like, do I really need it in a pantry? But I can organize, I can have like the dry baking goods on one side. And then I can maybe be like the nuts and the fruits on the other side. It just helps give everything more of a place. And at the end of the day, as long as everything kind of has more of a specific place that it goes, it's more likely that it's going to go back where it needs to go. It sort of um, cuts down the, the thinking time that it takes you when it's time to put something away. If you don't have to think about where it goes, like it's just obvious where it goes, um, it, it's going to make it 8,000 times more likely it's going to get there and it's just going to make it faster for you to do the tidying that you need to do. So I love drawer dividers. I do love the clear bins. I mean, I totally use them, but again, it's one of those things like you want to make sure you're buying the right size for the space where you are. You're not just sort of like buying a bulk box of them because they're on sale or whatever. You're buying the ones that are going to fit into your space. Yeah. No, those dividers are gold. We have them in our Tupperware container to keep like the lids on one side and the containers on the other. And we still somehow end up with that problem that everybody has where you're like, mismatched containers and things like you're like I don't even know whose container this is and it's not mine and somehow it's in my kitchen (laughs) but like the dividers still work wonders to kind of just keep things there where you just got to throw it in and it's where it belongs in not even two seconds so they are they are great yes they are for sure okay so favorite ways to get your kids involved because we both have um at least one if not multiple children And to get them involved in the cleanup process is, I mean, we all know like the cleanup song, but that only works, (laughs) I feel like for so long before kids are like, all right, mom, I, I, I know this now I'm not going to be tricked. So (laughs) how do you love to get or recommend if you have littles 
just yes. kind of getting them excited or getting them a little bit more motivated to especially keep a space clean since we all can relate to the fact that like they are living breathing tornadoes in pretty much any space they set foot in and it's somehow it's unreal it's unbelievable like literally it's sometimes i'm just like how like you have I have two, right? Miles is almost four and Finley is one. It's just like one is eating graham crackers, which why there's, why are they so messy? I don't know. The other one's eating a banana. It's smeared everywhere. They are, they're tornadoes. Um, so for me, I think a lot of it comes down to routine. So for me, uh, almost all of the cleaning and uh, organization that I've adopted has all come down to routine. You have to like sort of adopt it. this like daily thing you're doing. Um, and so if you want your kids to be involved, it's doing the same thing where you create it as a habit or routine. Kids freaking love habit and routine. They thrive on it. Um, but the hardest part is you as a parent making it happen. So um, it depends on the age of the child. Um, a big thing that I'm working on my uh, almost four-year-old doing right now is um, when he is done eating, always putting his food in the sink, which he does lots of times, but he doesn't always, he doesn't necessarily do it habitually. I just want it to be like, when you're done eating, you put your food in the sink. So that's something that we're working on lots of times. Like it's, it's the, and we need to get upstairs for a bath. It's the end of the day. Like, it's easy for me to just like grab it and throw it in the sink instead of make it this thing. Um, but it's worth the effort for me to put in now to like really stick to it so that he learns it is that that is the way that it works. That is the routine that we do. Um, and then after a little while, like it's really easy, the kids sort of catch on to it really easily that, that way. So I sort of would say like, think about certain tasks that you want them to do. Like another one that we always do is like, okay, if you're ready to move on to, for my three-year-old, if you're ready to move on to playing with another toy, we got to put this one away first. Um, sometimes it's easier, just like throw it in yourself and you can, you can move on, but it's sticking to it. It's like sort of you're, you're creating, you're helping that child create that habit of doing it. And once kids catch on to it, they're really good. They're really good with habit building. Certainly sometimes they're going to be like starving and exhausted. And you're just going to be like, okay, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to push it. Right. You know, obviously we know how it works, but if you're developing it as a habit, it's taking the the time now it's going to take longer. It's like teaching your child to put their own shoes on, right? Like it's like, or, or bu buckle themselves into the, the car seat. Belt. <laughs> oh my God. Takes forever. But once they can finally do it, you're like, oh my God, this is so much easier. So it's putting the time in at the beginning, um, of it being painfully slow for them to put their food in their sink. Um, and then eventually it sort of, you know, becomes a habit. I, I tackle everything with habits basically. Yeah. And it's such, it's so true that it might take a hot second longer now, but if it creates the habit where like now they are a seven-year-old who does it, a 10-year-old, a whatever-year-old, and now it's second nature, that is so much better for everybody. Like it's, yes. it's worth that little bit of extra effort now. Same with building the, same goes for building the habit yourself. It takes, it's a little bit of extra effort in the beginning for what will hopefully be a long-term lesser amount of effort required for literally the rest of your life. So yes. it's a pretty worthwhile, worthwhile investment. It is. It is <laughs> for sure. Well, Callie, thank you so much for coming on thrive. This has been so many helpful tips for everybody. I think, I think if someone was struggling to get motivated or stay motivated, this itself, this could be a little starting, starting off kit before they just get started. And then that will, you know, do the rest of the job by itself for them. So want to close things off by asking you what we ask everyone on thrive, which is what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Oh my God. I, I feel like the end of podcast questions always catch me. Um, okay. <laughs> so 
It'll be like, what's the best advice you've ever received in your entire life? Think quickly. (laughs) I was on one the other day and they said, what's the best thing you ever bought on Amazon? I'm like, and you're like, let me grab my list of (laughs) single item. Um, okay. So I think thriving to me, honestly, like this is sort of like the question is like, like, what is the goal in life? Like thriving to me is that like, is just in general, like I'm, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like I'm living a life that is happy. Um, I feel like it's just as simple as that. So for me, the way that I like strive to thrive in my everyday life is keeping my creating systems in my life that keep my life easy and simple, because to me, that's like what generates the most happiness. I think sometimes in our society, like everything is going and moving and like being places and like consuming content and all of that sort of stuff. Um, And we kind of are like, our bodies get overwhelmed by that. Our brains get overwhelmed by that. So it's about keeping things simple, keeping systems in my home, simple, keeping my general life simple. Um, And I find that that's brought me like the most joy and happiness in life. So yeah, I would say you're doing a pretty darn good job of it. So you go girl, <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you online to connect with you more, follow you and all that good stuff. Yeah. The easiest way to find me is, but first coffee blog, either on like.com or on YouTube, <laughs> um, we'll bring you to all of my, all of the places that I am on the interwebs. <laughs> Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.